Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Net Positive Podcast. A podcast which educates and inspires marketers, product managers, and companies in the best way to generate and optimize your flows. We're your hosts, Matt Brown and Jess Walker, and we will bring you the latest on how to improve your sign-up flow, increase your leads, and grow your business. Let's, Let's jump, jump in. in. Today on the podcast, we are speaking with the incredible Ramli John, Managing Director at Product Led and author of Product Led Onboarding. Ramli is a marketing, design, and software development expert, helping product-led SaaS companies. Today, we discuss how onboarding is like throwing a massive party, the role that psychology plays on onboarding, and different frameworks you can implement to improve your sign-up flow. G'day, Ramli. Welcome to the podcast. Super excited, Matt and Jess. Like, I'm su- like, super excited to chat about this topic, onboarding. And yeah, thank you for having me. This is a really exciting day. Not only is this the 20th episode of the Upflowy Net Positive Woo-hoo. podcast, but uh, yeah. it is also launch day for your book, which is product-led onboarding. Lots to celebrate. So we should be both out celebrating, <laughs> celebrating <laughs> with, uh, with whiskey and steak, and fireworks. After. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, look, you know, I'd love to hear about your background and how you've kind of landed here at the point where you've authored uh, authored your book. Um, you know, you've been an educator. You've been involved uh, as a growth marketer in startups that have been acquired. Uh, and you've been a bit of a guru in the product led space. So we'd just love to hear a little bit more about your background and how you ended up here. I mean, my background is, is is in marketing, and at one point I was a marketing consultant working with a lot of VC-backed companies. And my mandate as back then, five, five seven years ago, it wasn't called product-led. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> just get us signups around me. Just get us signups. That's it. We'll be happy, free signups. So getting them signups and they're happy. It's like, yes, you're you're hitting your signup. And I, I started wondering, one second, can I take a look at your product data to see Am I actually driving growth for mm. your business? Am I driving growth for your SaaS app? Start looking at the data and like a majority of the people who are coming in are not sticking around. I mean, sure, okay, they're paying me money to get signups <laughs> and I'm glad to take your money, but I'm like, hey, there's there's something, there's something up here. Like this is not like mm. the kind this growth doesn't like it doesn't feel good for me as as a person that I'm I'm getting you what you want, but it's is it really is it what you truly need? <laughs> so right. I started looking around and I started, and that's kind of where I, that led me to a path to looking up onboarding tactics. And that got me connected with Wes. And Wes was writing this book like two, three years, three, four years ago uh, before he it came out. And it, it, we, we, we actually went to the same school in different year. So oh, we, cool. we were both alumni at uh, University of Waterloo. And he was like, Ramli, you're a marketing consultant. Like, let's go check out, check, check this out, what I'm doing. I'm like, oh my goodness, this, this framework that you have is amazing. We, I wish I had this when I was working with those, <laughs> those, those people. Because really, at the end of the day, uh, sure, as a marketer, I can get you signups. Mm. But if those signups don't stick around, you you paid me money, but I like you wasted money on me. Mm. <laughs> you right, right. wasted on money on marketing. Yeah. I like to compare it to throwing a big party. At your backyard, the product has created this amazing party in, in the product. Uh, marketing has sent out flyers everywhere. Sales is like trying to hustle their way into the streets. Like, come to my party, come to my party. 
and then the doors locked and people can't get to the party like it's just <laughs> illogical a massive waste of resources yeah well the door has like a 14 14 code word or something yeah exactly like you have to put this fucking yeah. get in jump through hoops you have to face this lion or boss or or, or some kind of um, like crazy yeah. dog <laughs> to get through the party it just doesn't make sense mm. and that got that got me excited about this book because like we we started working with companies and something we see over and over again is that this this middle piece mm. i call it the ugly duckling of growth is often neglected by companies just because products too busy building marketing is too busy sales and too, are, are too busy trying to get users at the front of the mm-hmm. door customer success is trying to like uh, and support is trying to help people out, and then nobody, everybody's kind of forgotten this middle ground where all the the magic and the, the, the initial first user experience, the first impression happens, and it just got me excited. I'm getting excited right now just <laughs> talking about it. So that's that's my story, as from marketing to meeting Wes uh, because we're alumni in, in the same school, and now we've wrote this book uh, together. And so you, this book is obviously released today in Australia and tomorrow in North America and the world, as we discussed before. But how do you define For onboarding? For our listeners, it's already been released. Has it been? Oh, yeah. yeah. By the time you listen to this, it's already been it's released. It's released. Go get it. <laughs> but how do you define onboarding? Like, Where does it start and where does it end? Oh, man, that that is where people argue with me all, all the time with this. And yeah. people think, first of all, it starts when, people, when users sign up and it ends when Usually people think it's when people become uh, a paid customer. I argue those things are way too late for the sign up and too early for uh, it ending. The reason mm-hmm. why is, uh, let's talk about the, the initial sign up. Imagine when you, 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 some product and messaging, let's say the product market or your marketing team totally messes up your positioning and messaging. Users are reading your site. They think it's a product management tool. Mm. They sign up for it. And then they go to the app and like, what the heck? This is not a product management tool. It's a bookkeeping tool. Mm. There is no nothing. There's no product tour. There's no. There's no. There's nothing that product can do to fix that that disconnect, uh, because the promise from the get go has is 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 wrong. <laughs> it's the totally wrong thing. Mm. So my challenge to people is like, hey, if you want to successfully onboard users. Your team, you have to think about onboarding right from the very first touch point when you make that promise. Hey, here's my our promise to you with this app. You'll be able to do X. If if you don't get that right from the beginning, then yeah, there's no onboarding thing that will get there. So my 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 challenge is like, yeah, it starts from the very t- first touch point because you're planting that seed of value from the get-go before they even experience it in the onboarding. So that's the first part. I mean, the second part is around revenue. And people are like, oh, well, when a user becomes a paid customer, then you're, you're done. Your onboarding is done. Yeah. And the problem with that concept is that especially for uh, low price product light or self-serve com- uh, products that you know, could cost between $20 to $100, what, what I found, and this is something that, that uh, AppQs, this, this uh, company, found is that a lot of people, if your price point is low enough, people would extend their trial by f- paying the first month. And that's a huge red flag. And people don't think about that. Uh, like if it's only 20 bucks and 14, my 14 day trial is done, I might go ahead and just pay the first month just to try it out even longer. Mm. And what happens is a lot of them don't stick around. So right. what I've, I've kind of landed on with when onboarding ends is that I see onboarding as an, an exercise in trying to build habits, product habits into users 
And really, I see I see onboarding as it ends when user have started showing that they're starting to build habit. They've used it like a few times already, and they're starting to like, yeah, I got it. I get the value. I didn't just experience it once. I've experienced it multiple times. I'm I'm now doing it multiple times so that yes, I can do it on my mm. own and maybe start. Um, sp- spreading the word about it or start paying even more or going uh, maybe even talk to sales <laughs> at that point. Obviously, there's the one and done approach to onboarding. I've got the person in the product, they've paid and they're now using and they've recommended somebody. How do you think about like continuous onboarding? So, you know, you have you have a constantly evolving product, you have constantly evolving market. Like does the onboarding journey end once yeah. you have them in the product and they're happy or like is, is there more work to be done? There's another two camps here. <laughs> There's one <laughs> camp who think uh, it ends. Uh, I'm on the camp and I've talked to several other people like uh, Eric Keating, VP of Marketing at AppQs, um, Claudio, CEO of Intertrans. Like, I'm on the camp that onboarding doesn't end. You're, you're saying, you, you mentioned it, you, you communicated really well that you you want to, once the initial onboarding is done, you want to onboard into new futures. It's like the way I look at it as a video game, right? Yeah. When you, you know, like Super Mario, there's first level. You're like, this is how you run. This is how you uh, take the flower and fire it. Here's how you uh, kill the bad guys. First level, okay, onboarding that for that done. Next level, you don't want people to get bored. That's a problem. You want to take them to the next level. You're in the swimming stage. Mm. Mario, this is how you swim. This is how <laughs> this is how you don't <laughs> die in, while swimming. And then you go, you keep going up a different level. So like as as, as they progress through leveling up, they, they are continually engaged and onboarded to new things, new capabilities. And mm. that's that's where revenue expansion really comes in, where you're you're not just like starting off in the basic package. There's a logical evolution to them becoming a level up higher, very similar to a video game. So back to your question, yes, I, I do believe that it makes a ton of sense to continue to onboard them to new things. And and it's it's where uh where revenue expansion and that expand strategy really does come in for a lot of SaaS apps. Just like Mario, you never really saved the princess, so you got to keep learning. <laughs> That's true. You can lose everything. I want to touch on um, the building of habits within an app because, you know, what kind of things can you do within an app or within an onboarding flow to actually bring them back time and time again? Obviously, the first thing is that first experience has mm. to, you have to get them to the point where like, yeah, I got it. Like I, I whether that's with Calendly, it's getting, getting their calendar set up. So hopefully they... Interesting enough, I started up to Calendly and, and the first thing they try to do is book a meeting with yourself so that you're testing out that experience. Because the next level to that is book book a meeting with somebody because that's mm. very public facing, risky, like, oh, if this work doesn't work, I look like I look like I'm a fool. <laughs> I look like I'm unprofessional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the first level. I think that you really have to get that going. Mm. I think the next level is the communication. There's uh, in Wes's framework, the bowling alley framework, there's a product bumper when you're bowling that will block the the bowling from slipping over. The communication bumper is often like, oh, well, let's let's just spam the people. Let's just spam people with different things. I like like to take a look at it using this framework that um, a behavior scientist from Stanford created, BJ Fogg behavior model where he said there's there's three things. There's three things that get people to build good habits. The, f- the first is motivation. The second is uh, the, the second is prompts. Mm. And the, the third is behavior, motivation, and triggers, right? So 
if somebody is not actually trying to uh, not getting to that the specific uh, action uh, is it a lack of motivation mm. so one way to do it is get them excited get, send them send them some story send them mm. some like there's a way how do you motivate somebody like you you want to get them excited about something uh, you can yeah send them success stories mm. send them what it could be uh, and what what their life could be with with your product and as they continue to use it the second part to that uh, is around ease so is is the ability easy to use so if somebody if somebody's still getting stuck uh, and they're not coming back maybe they need some inspiration mm. right so like a great example would be like hey here's what you can do with this based on you, you told us you're a marketer you're stuck with creating ads here's X, Y, and Z. Maybe they do need some, those templates or just asking for help. Hey, it looks like you've achieved your thing already. Come like, we'd love to help you. Like we'd like to celebrate with you. So, I mean, typically those are the two things. So yeah, the, the, the trigger is the last piece. The triggers come with emails. So just, just circling back the behavior, the BJ Fog behavior model has three components. There's the motivation piece. There's the ability. Is it, is it easy to do or how can you make it easier or what are things you can communicate to make it mm. easier? And the last piece is like, hey, use prompts or emails to, or it could be um, in-app messages or uh, retargeting ads, whatever it is, just that trigger them with, with ease and, and increasing the motivation. Talking about triggers, um, you know, when you think about experimentation, you talk about experimentation a bunch in your book, you know, what is the right stack to be able to experiment with onboarding? You know, what, what's some of the things you think you need or the ingredients to be successful? Right. I think you guys can help with that. <laughs> I mean, there's all <laughs> this is not meant to be a plug for us. <laughs> no, it is a challenge. I mean, I, straight up, I'm telling you the problem with with uh, with a lot of piecemeal um, apps is that they're not interconnected. So, you, ideally, the, I, let me tell you my like ideal app. Like, this is if you want to experiment with your onboarding, you want to be able to see it all the way from the beginning, right from the positioning, right, right from the yep. from the landing page, and all the way to do they stick around and become happy lifelong customers? And that that and often you have at the top level, there's the, the events like the you have Google Analytics or or whatever to track your your marketing site. Uh, and then the middle piece, like there's just the product data, which which often gets doesn't get connected with the website uh, data, and then at the end it doesn't track all the way. It doesn't get connected throughout the whole life cycle of the customer. So I mean that's that's exactly what I would l- love to see is from beginning to them like six months from now, what messaging at the beginning and what early stages at the very front could cause. Our early signals mm. that users are signing up, and that's where the experimentation gets to kick in. Because if you can't see the end, if you can't see them three months from now, are they still around? Then, like you're just doing very surface level experiments. Like an example of a surface level that everybody talks about is like blue versus green button. <laughs> Do you get more yeah. people to go to the next page? Like that. That is not a great. <laughs> sure, you can get more people to sign up, but. Do those? Does the green button get me users three months from now are still happy paying customers? That's the question that I would love to see. And exactly where? I mean, I'm not talking about buttons. Buttons are a terrible experiments on its own, right? It might be a really memorable green button, though. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But maybe even button copy. Like I'm a big proponent of. I I'm uh, oh man, it gets me it gets me going when when I see button <laughs> copies like next or. 
submit, right? Like even signups. Like I've been I've been reviewing a lot of onboarding experiences. Like go, like come on, you get people excited. Like the best one I've seen is blast off your growth. Like that, <laughs> I love that button copy because it yeah. gets me excited. Like maybe button copy is <laughs> driving people to stick around just because it gets them excited. So. If you've still got submit as your button, you are doing it wrong. <laughs> Read product-led onboarding. <laughs> I review like 50 to 60. I went on Twitter last week and be like, send me your app. I will do a five-minute onboarding review. Oh, that's awesome. I still saw several ones would submit. I'm like, wow, we're, uh, well, we're, we're this 2021, man. If you think about the psychology of submit, like I'm like, fuck, all right, I'm just submitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, I'm submitting Name. to use your shit software. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, on psychology, what role does psychology play in, in onboarding? There's many psychology principles that, that you can apply. I mean, right from the, even from the sign-up page. One of the things I like to do is something called the principle of consistency and commitment. Mm-hmm. That's from Robert Caldini. Uh, you guys are nodding here. You are, fam- are you familiar? I'm reading his book right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I still see this all the time. There's a sign-up page, 20 fields. Man, come on. Mm. Come on, dude. Like, I, like it just there's this concept called cognitive load. When I see 20 fields, I don't know about you, but I'm like, oh my goodness, like 20 fields. Like You just shut it down. Like, I don't have time for 20 fields. I don't need this product that much. I don't want to. <laughs> I mean, but, like, Shopify has 16 fields. Mm. I mean, that's crazy, but maybe it's because they have a big brand, but they do something that I really love. They split it up into two pages. The first page, they just ask for your email, right? The second page, they ask for your, how long have you been in business? Uh, uh, they asked three fields. I forget exactly what it is. The very last page, uh, the, the third page, is 10 fields. So they're trying, like, what they're trying to do is that that selling principle where, like, if you say yes to small things, mm. you're more likely to say yes to the middle of things. And yeah. then you're more likely to say yes to bigger things. I'm like, this is genius. What they've done is they went from easiest to hardest. And, I mean, that principle can be applied to the whole onboarding experience, not just sign up, where... Is there a way to reorganize the steps that you have listed out from easiest to hardest? Because the more that users say yes to the small things, the more they're likely to say yes to the hard things. Yeah. yeah. You've already kind of halfway committed. So you're like, oh, I've already done half the work. Yeah. I'm just going to continue, aren't I? So we're going to use you as a case study now. So thinking back to some of the sign-up flows or the onboarding flows that you've implemented yourself, uh, maybe this is the new one you're getting for people to sign up for your book or whatever it might be. Like, what are some of the things that you've implemented or what are some of the things that you might even do differently now, knowing what you know, you know now today uh, when you're on, you know, implementing your own onboarding flows? There's, I signed up for, like, like I said, I, I said I signed up for 60 different apps last week. One thing I see over and over again that just gets to me is the email verification. It's mm. like, hey, uh, sign up and then be like, go to your email and verify. And and like, oh man, okay, sure, I'll go. Sometimes I can't find it. It's in spam. Sometimes it's uh, I, I type in the wrong email. I mess up. I understand. Yes, there's spam. Uh, so I suggest, hey, use Recaptcha. But man, this is such a huge onboarding killer because it's, imagine like you're you're in the momentum. You're like getting excited. It's like, yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And then you hit this wall. It's like, bro, take a step back and check your email. And email's not exciting. Like nobody gets excited <laughs> about email. Like I was like, oh, I have to go to my email. And I, you know, I can't find it. I have to wait a few minutes. It's in spam. Mm. And working with Snapple, it's like, hey, I know. Implement the recapture, see what happens. Um, and then we they took it off. And what we found originally was that 
30 percent, 30 to 40 percent of their signups didn't verify the email. And some of those emails were valid. Like they were just they, they signed up for it and they just maybe they got bored or they got lost right. or their phone rang or the Netflix showed up or they saw an ad, whatever that is, and they didn't sign up. What happens if we took this off? So we did a little experiment, like just for this time period, we're going to take this off. They took it off and right away, they started seeing more people experience the value of their product. Mm. And then within a month, we saw like a 20% boost in their MRR just based on that one change that whole month. Yeah. Well. And the yeah, the, the point that we were like, man, like this, we every app does this. Like there's so many yeah. ways that you can get around this. And one one app that I love, like I understand, once again, spam, captcha. What about if somebody types your email wrong? And one I saw just yeah. last week that did it really well was Monday.com. Sign up for it. I put in a bogus email, right? Like so ABC, like gibberish at productlet.com. And as you're in, you're trying, you're getting to the product. I'm experiencing this. There's a little banner at the top. It's like we tried to send an email to your email address and we couldn't reach it. Do you have the right email here so that we can verify? Click here. Yeah, I'm like, awesome. Yeah, that's smart. this is great. Because now I'm in the flow, getting mm. excited, getting momentum. And it's like, oh, dang, I, I have a typo in my email. Now I got to go fix this up. Yeah, so you're already committed ahead. to the product as well. Exactly. You've, you've tried it out. You love it and you want to use it. Yeah. Yes. And still, I don't understand. I really don't understand because I saw a lot. I don't know if it's a engineering uh, now standard or like, oh, we got to do this. It's just what everybody's doing. Like there's got to be a better way because it is from a user experience perspective. Mm. It's such a, it's just a downer. It's just a bummer. Like, oh my goodness, I'm ready to go. And now I have yeah. to verify email, please. And I hate, I don't like, I don't know about most of you, but email is not like the most fun place to, to be at. It's misery. It's, it's, a, it's a basket of misery. <laughs> it's typically. Quistry on that though. So what about those apps that like finance apps or a banking app where you mm, definitely need yeah. a two-factor authentication? Yeah. Do you recommend doing it later when they've already tried out the app and if they you know, want to make a purchase or they want to put money into an account, that's mm. when you say, great, now you need to verify that you've used the app? Such a good question. If it's finance, if it's core mm. security, yeah. in those situations, I would say write in the copy, like, hey, not just like, verify your email go now mm. i would be like hey we just want to make sure that this is a secure app and your email is attached to your bank like you're giving them motivation mm. you're like hey here's why we're doing this it's because of this we're doing this for your peace of mind that your email is verified your account is trusted and now it's two two factor authenticated 85 to 90 percent of the apps i signed up for last week had this and i'm like did this really need to? Yeah, do you need it? Or do you just want to spam them with emails? <laughs> it's interesting. So that from that, the psychology is friction sometimes builds trust. And this is other principle that I've been meaning to talk about called the IKEA effect. And friction is actually sometimes good. I had this chat with Claudio um, and he, he dates Claudio from Intertrends. They, they're all about data. And they found that f five apps where... They found that reducing time to value, the, the time it takes for somebody to experience the value to one minute, actually did worse. They, it it oh, wow. did worse for the retention and they had to increase it to like three to five minutes. And the reason why is, when, especially especially uh, going back to the IKEA effect, sometimes the friction at the very front, like for example, with IKEA, um, they the scientists, uh, the behavior scientists, found that people who built their own furnitures looked at the furniture and found it more valuable than ones that are already pre-built. Oh, totally. So like, so if you're- <laughs> <Those> <laughs> That took me ages. Pieces together. 
right? Like you guys both agree. Like, is that is that? Yeah. You, have you bought IKEA? hundred percent. I've got I've got five kids, and I've put together more IKEA yeah. furniture for those kids' bedrooms, and I want to. Yeah. You should yeah. make them do it. Yeah. Next time. yeah. <laughs> One example that I love is uh, with Wave Wave apps is this invoicing tool, and in the sign up they ask you upload your logo, and I'm like, do, do you really need my logo at this point? <laughs> I upload my logo. <laughs> Uh, product-led logo and then boom like they upload your logo and then they show you what your invoice can look like mm. with your brand colors and your logo and like this is what your what your invoice can look like if it wasn't on excel <laughs> and i'm like yes i now i'm excited like yeah. that extra friction of me uploading a logo i talked to their director of growth and increased their retention and their user uh excitement they they did some user interviews and the users were like this is amazing. Like, this is like, it really got them excited at that point before they even started using the, the app itself. So, I mean, uh, I'm totally with you there, Jess, that friction and the right setting can can really, really be good. Talking about you, you know, you, you've had this like pretty incredible career and you've, you've published a book and, you know, you've, you've done, you've done so much. Where, where are you on your personal journey? Like, where are you going? And like, what's, what's your, what's your life's work? What's your mission? Wow. <laughs> I love that question. I've never been asked that in a while. I What gets me excited is, is I really, it really does get me excited when I get a chance to help people out. And like last week, Wes was like, hey, why you did 60 onboarding reviews for free for five minutes? What is wrong with you? <laughs> but it got me, <laughs> what's wrong with you? That's three billable hours. <laughs> <laughs> that, took, that took a few hours of my weekend, but it got me excited one day. They got it's like, oh wow! I uh, thank you. I really appreciate this, and that gets me excited when I get the uh, chance to help people out. Like we could have, we're we're not charging even for the book itself. Like it's not like it's not fifty or sixty dollars that people can buy on on Gumroad. It's like quite affordable. All of the worksheets here are there's n there's no email. Uh, talking about product, <laughs> there's no email. Like you don't have to provide your email to download any of the worksheets that I talk about in the book. So that's that's what gets me excited. I mean, what's in line for the future is like just scaling that up. I've signed up to a mailing list. And I'm I'm not gonna lie. I don't open pretty much anyone's mailing list except yours because it gen has genuine value and genuine like educational content that I can learn from every time I open it. So that doesn't didn't mean to be a plug, but it now sounds like it is a plug. No, so <laughs> sign up to his mailing list. Yeah. It's great. It's a good plug. It's a good plug. What's a, a place that you go to for your inspiration? Like who do you read? Like what what books are kind of in your in your sort of top three? Books wise, um I I love non marketing books. One of them is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, I, I love read that every book. single every single birthday. Like my birthday's coming up. So I'm like, I'm rereading this again. I've read it ever since I graduated from college. Like, there's so many concepts there can, that can be applied to onboarding, mm. yeah, as well as a, as marketing. I think that book gets more important every year. The mm. more digital and disconnected oh, we get, that book becomes even oh, more true. important. Mm. Do you have a favorite principle from the book? There's one about names. Like, it's the sweetest thing anybody can hear, right? Like, that's yeah. uh, such a critical point. Uh, I love it when when experiences use e names and not just like. Hello, Ramley. <laughs> yeah. When they, I've seen emails where they embedded in the email. It's mm. like uh, they're talking about a marketing concept. Ramley, this is something you should try. I'm like, whoa! It just came yeah. out of nowhere in the body of the email, or 
uh, especially in the experiences when you ask the name, like it's like, welcome Romney, how's it going? I'm like, oh, that feels good. Mm. I feel good already that you're welcoming me and I'm seeing my own name. I totally agree. I think the, the quote is, the most subtle compliment you can give someone is remembering their name and the most subtle mm. insult is forgetting it because oh, they weren't so important enough to, oh. to remember their name. And it's like, it's so, it's so true. Yeah, I mean, the other one that I'm reading right now, and it might not be for forever. For, it's it's by it's by Seth Godin. It's called the practice, and it's talking about uh, uh, just um, trusting the 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 practice of or the process of of creating. Mm. And often, I I don't know about you, but like I get excited. I get too excited sometimes with like the outcome of like oh. I'm writing a book. I, I'm publishing a book. That's it. All I'm thinking about is book is out. But the people don't see like you have to commit to a process of writing. You have to commit to even for marketing. You have to get commit to a process of experimenting. And if you're a founder, you have to commit to a process of talking to customers. Hopefully, yeah. right? It's like there's that practice that you have to build inside of you. And uh, Seth Godin in his book is just like dropping like amazing knowledge there going back to ramley from was it seven years ago when you started this journey seven years ago what piece of advice would you give yourself going through the, the next seven years and what piece of advice could you pass on to young product managers or marketing managers out there and let me put like this into context i'm i'm an introvert by nature mm-hmm. like i am I, I don't like big networking events i don't like conferences <laughs> i tend to be, be on the side and I avoided talking to people, even like talking to customers, even talking to other marketers, even putting myself out there for the longest time, mm. just because my nature is, oh, it's like, oh, what will they think? Um, I'm uncomfortable. This is not something that I want to do. It's only been in the last year or two where I've really started connecting with with other marketers on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and just like having the, just random chats on Zoom. Like, let's just have a chat without having to, uh, to talk to anybody and just the other good thing about that is with a podcast is if you have a pod, if you're an introvert, start a podcast. Totally. <laughs> it's like the great way to build a conversation. Uh, and that's one thing that I, I would, I would advise to myself is talk, talk to people. Cause like there's, it, it's such a great um, space to, to share ideas, get fresh perspective and it opens up doors. Like you don't know who, like I, if I didn't talk to Wes, like I would not be here. Like if mm. he did, he reached out to me. He's like, "Hey, Rami, it looks like we're marketing together." Like I, he reached out. I said, "Sure, let's chat." Like I would not be here if I didn't say yes to that. So I would suggest to myself, to other people, is first of all, talk talk to other people in your in the industry. If you're a founder, talk to other founders. If you're a marketer, talk to other marketers. Second is talk to your customers, please. <laughs> like literally, just like say, just get them on the phone. Just like not just a survey, but just like, hey, I want to know what got you excited about this app. Where do you get stuck? Like such a big uh, missed opportunity. Uh, it's only been in the last year or two where like, hey, we need to talk to our customers. Like, I guess that would be that would be my advice to myself is is uh, connect and communicate. Connect with your customers. Connect. With, I think you can't get better advice. And uh, you know, I think it's one of those things. You look at the last generation of software, sort of pre-product-led growth, and you know, there was a lot of software that didn't talk to any customers. But you just can't get away with that today. So uh, I think that's that's awesome advice for everyone listening. Um, Ramley John, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Uh, Ramley is the managing director at Product Led, author of Product Led Onboarding, which is out now. So uh, make sure you go pick up a copy of that book. Uh, it's awesome reading, and we've really uh, enjoyed having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much, guys. I really do appreciate it.
you for listening to the Net Positive Podcast brought to you by Upflowy. Upflowy.